0: Hello, fellow lupus spirits, and welcome to Lupus Life. I'm Corey Hollingsworth, and I'm a spiritual advisor and meditation facilitator who lives with and manages systemic lupus erythematosus, also known as lupus. The purpose of this podcast is to offer simple and easy, firsthand ways to manage the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of lupus. Today's topic is spiritual lessons. Hence, this will be about some of the spiritual aspects of living with lupus. So I'm not someone who's going to direct you in a particular faith or down a particular path of wisdom based on faith. When I say spiritual lessons, I'm basically asking what is Lupus teaching me about myself and my place in the world? And for me, a lot of that tends to be based in a spiritual grounding, mostly because I am a spiritual advisor. And so in order to teach and guide others, I need to look at myself and what I'm learning frequently so that I'm better able to empathize and guide other people. And I'm not, going to go through the whole spiritual journey and what is my purpose in this planet and all of that dialogue. My purpose in this particular topic is to really focus on what am I learning as a result of living with lupus and some of it is very much based in the human experience of how do I manage my life in this world And for those of us who live with lupus, that extends to how do I manage my life in this world while living with a chronic illness that likes to knock me down every once in a while. So I'm just going to go through a few things that I have personally learned as a result of living with lupus. And these are very practical things that are every day. But for me, they're also spiritual lessons because these are the things that motivate me to keep going. Because I want to continue learning these particular things. Your path might be a little bit different, but I'm guessing that some of these you'll relate to because they're things that all of us get to learn while being human on this planet. So the first thing that I've learned is to surrender. And by surrender, I mean, I can't do everything. I am a very motivated person who likes to get things done. I like to have tasks to complete and I have a job that requires me to be relatively organized and focused and present. And one of the things that I've learned to do is to surrender and to acknowledge that not everything in my life is going to get done. Not every single goal is going to be met. Not every single task is going to be complete. And on a more pragmatic level of this, I get to recognize that my floors in my kitchen are not always perfectly clean. Uh, My car doesn't get washed very often and there's just certain things that I've had to surrender to that I have to step back and think, is this worth me overextending myself, overexerting uh, or placing myself at risk for becoming ill as a result of overexerting? So my biggest lesson in this is surrendering to the fact that I am not able to do everything. And that I get to let some things go. And this is not just in the physical. This is also just emotional. I know in my last podcast, I spoke about detachment. And so this is also strange to the fact that I can't possibly engage in every single conversation, every single emotional state, every single thing that is in my life. I just have to surrender and say, this is not mind to bear. And that comes along with one of my other lessons about setting boundaries. And this is a tough one because a lot of us really want to be available and present and generous. And at the same time, we get to say no. And there are nice ways to say no. My Most effective way to say no, especially for people who know me, is to just say, hey, I'm just not feeling up to it. I'm not feeling that great right now. Or I need to conserve my energy for something that's in the future. So, for example, right now, uh, this is the weekend before Thanksgiving. I have plans for Thanksgiving. So I know that this particular weekend and in the next few days, I need to not overexert. I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself really well so that I'm able to be present and healthy during Thanksgiving and that requires some boundaries. I've had people ask me, do you want to do this? Do you want to go here? Do you want to do that? Um, I have chores around my house that I need to do but I really need to set some boundaries that say I need to reserve my energy for a future task that in a few days and that is a spiritual lesson for me because boundaries tend to be very difficult for those of us who are giving people. And we want to help everyone. We want to be present for everyone. We want to make sure that we're available. And this particular week, especially with the holiday, I need to let my friends and family and other people who want my time to know that I am going to need to reserve some of my energy and conserve my being for this upcoming week. That leads into the next thing that I'm learning is priorities. My kitchen floor is not a priority for me. It's not filthy. I mean, it's not like, you know, things are living on it that I'm aware of. Um, It just means that cleaning my kitchen floor is not a priority for me. Do I keep it clean? Yes. Do I clean it every day? No. But it's it, that's kind of a minimal way of presenting this. I mean, kitchen floor. It's only because this morning I woke up and I went, oh my gosh, my kitchen floor needs to be cleaned. And then I thought, that's not a priority for me. My priority for me is to make sure that my laundry's done so that I have clothes to wear when I am getting ready to be present for Thanksgiving in a few days. So priorities are really much more for me about determining what is going to need my most attention during the next week. And you can plan this for weeks, months, years, however you wanna plan it, day to day. Most of us live day to day. I might get to Wednesday or Thursday, which is Thanksgiving on Thursday, and realize that maybe I don't have a priority of having enough energy. I don't know, it's day to day. But when I set priorities, I've recognized that I am honoring my health. I'm honoring my time. I'm honoring my energy. And my kitchen floor right now is not a priority for me. Uh, having time with my family on Thanksgiving is a priority. So it's, 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 it just depends on what your focus is. And I would highly encourage you to tie your priorities in with surrendering that the basic fabric of having this illness is based on recognizing that you can't possibly do everything as much as you really, really want to. It's just It's just not physically possible in most cases because when we do overexert, we tend to get into a flare. So my self-talk is I can take care of myself right now, take extra care of myself right now, not overexert, not overextend, set boundaries, have priorities, and then I can be well-rested and well-maintained for when I have future plans in the next few days. And that goes with self-care. So the next thing that I have learned is self-care. We can't avoid it. We have to take care of ourselves. It's not as if I can skip my medications or I can skip doctor's appointments or Labs, I call them bloodlettings if you've listened to previous podcasts and I have really discovered that I need to make myself a priority and that goes into priorities as well and it is a little bit selfish and at the same time it goes along with that thought process that you can't take care of others if you can't take care of yourself or if you don't take care of yourself first. I remember when I was flying with my son when he was an infant and one of the first things that was brought up in the safety presentation at the beginning of the flight was, if you're a parent, put the mask on yourself first before you put it on your child. And in my head, instinctually, I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I want my child to survive. But the reality is my kid would suffocate to death on an airplane if I didn't take care of myself first and then take care of him. So. It really is about taking care of yourself first and it's okay to be selfish and not selfish in the way that, oh my gosh, all my resources are for myself and I'm never going to take care of anyone else again. It's more about making sure that you're taking care of yourself. You're taking your medications, you're getting enough uh, movement, you're drinking enough water, you're going to your doctor's appointments, you're getting your labs done and I'm just going to give a little bit of an update on Ben Lista because I started taking it. uh, I'm on my fifth dose yesterday. So making sure that I do my injection every week. And it's really just making sure that these things are done, that I'm taking care of myself. And part of taking care of oneself is making sure that your energy is focused on you completely. It doesn't have to be every minute of every day, but. You definitely need to set time aside just for you to make sure that you're taken care of. And I did a podcast called Gratitude Despite Yuckies a few weeks ago. And that's probably my biggest lesson in this, to be honest, because I really genuinely, despite the fact that lupus is the driving force I am very grateful that I have good doctors. I have access to medication. I have a job that accommodates for my need to miss work every once in a while. I have a very supportive family. I have supportive friends. And I really am grateful. And so if you need help with that aspect, I recommend listening to my podcast titled Gratitude Despite Yuckies. And I get the sense I will be making more podcasts about gratitude because it really is about being thankful for what we have, despite what we are forced to experience. Another thing that I am very much in tune with in terms of my lessons is humility. I I think that those of us who are parents have learned humility just basically tenfold But having lupus put an exclamation point on that humility thing where I tend to try to sustain some semblance of humbleness and humidity because when you're in a flare, you can't be anything other than humble because, as you know, When you live with lupus, it will knock you down to the basic core survival instincts where you're just wishing and praying that you can move and that you are able to be healthy again. And being knocked down a lot and depending on what your existence is with lupus, it affects each of us differently That aspect of our lives where one day we're great or we're great for a couple months or a couple weeks or a couple days and then all of a sudden we're just knocked down to, wow, you really need to stay in bed all day. That's very humbling. And it's something that I have struggled with because I want to keep going. I want to keep moving. And at the same time, there's a certain humbleness in recognizing that You get to be in a state of just basic survival and living and not being able to do everything that you want to do, which for me brings on anger because I am not an angry person in general. I tend to be relatively even keeled. People who know me well know that I'm pretty easygoing. I'm laid back. I am most of the time pretty even keeled until I'm until I'm angry. I have a very long fuse. And once it's set off, it's not super pretty. But one of the things that lupus has taught me is anger management, because I am not someone who likes to be pushed down and told, okay, you need to stay in bed all day, or you're going to be feeling like your brain's not working for a couple of days. And I know that for me that brings up some anger because then I do get into the why is this happening what's going on how do I manage this and the human part of me just wants to scream and shout and trust me I do that as well but part of it is accepting that anger is going to be part of this process and that is a spiritual lesson for me is how to not be angry at myself how to not be angry at people around me how to not be angry at just anything it's just it's something that I feel but I don't necessarily have to succumb to it and that's where advocacy comes into this because I tend to take that anger and it drives me and that's one of the reasons why I have this podcast is because I really feel a strong sense to advocate for those of us who have lupus and live with this ailment. And it goes even beyond that where I have learned to advocate for myself, not just in terms of lupus, but just in life, just advocating for what I need and for what I want in this world. And so one of my spiritual lessons is to advocate for myself. And hopefully through this podcast, I am not just advocating for myself, but I'm advocating for those of us who live with a chronic illness. And I would highly encourage you to sit down and I'm someone who journals. I've mentioned that several times and keeping a journal since I was 10 years old. And I would highly encourage you to sit down even with a post-it note and just write down the things that you feel you have learned as a result of living with this chronic illness known as lupus. And I think you might be surprised about how much you are learning as a result of living with this particular disease or any chronic illness for that matter. I would like to thank you for joining me today. As a reminder, I have two books on Amazon. The first one is little lupus spirit book. And the second one is reconnecting with your true self. I can be reached on my contact page on my website, Corey com, And that is in the description for this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a beautiful day and have a beautiful week. And feel free to follow this podcast.